What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 49 of season four. My name is Jim Michael and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe. Actually, nobody's listening live because this is pre-recorded. Anyways, ah. please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And let's also shout out the affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com and the Painted Lines. While you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net, where you can now find all episodes of the Pottery Bully podcast and the Time My Skates podcast. Uh, all right, Jack, it's uh, the dead of summer, at least in hockey terms here. It's the dog days. You know, everyone's starting to just, you know, watch the Phillies. Uh, they're playing really well. Nothing really going on with the Flyers. Eagles training camp's just getting underway. Really, hockey's the last thing you want to be talking about in August, right? Especially this year, my friends. Especially this year. <laughs> but we do do the – I just said do-do. Good thing this is recorded. Not going to delete it. Um, we do do this show, and we're going to talk hockey because there's a couple things. Uh, so let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Uh, Flyers have signed the brother of Noah Cates, the older brother, Jackson Cates, to a one-year, two-way contract with an average annual value of $775,000 uh, per uh, president of hockey operations and general manager Chuck Fletcher. And that's that's good and great and all. Uh, $775,000. Could you imagine that, Jack? Like, <laughs> Obviously, compared to other players, I, I was just kind of – I don't know why. I was blown away by that number. Just imagine playing one year in the AHL – and you're making seven hundred and seventy-five grand in one year. Must be nice, right? Now, is that what he makes when he's in the AHL? I think you're right. I think if he's playing <laughs> in the AHL, it gets reduced to like I don't know, two fifty or two twenty-five. But even that, yeah, you know, for playing a sport, you're making two hundred grand. Like, shit, sign me up. But uh, all right, it just seemed like man. It's where, a lot. where did I go wrong in life? You know, I could have been playing for the Phantoms, making making two hundred fifty grand. I don't know. Yeah, my dad um, always said when I was growing up playing any sport, and I thought I was good. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you're not bad. There's always somebody better. Always, always. And that's why they make what they make. Yeah, they're true. The cream of the crop. You rise to the top. Oh my God, this Watch is man. So I knew bad. what you're going for. Don't worry, I got you. So bad. All right, Jackson Cates, 24 yeah. years old, uh, played 11 games for the Flyers last season. Recorded one goal, his first in the NHL on December 26th. I'm sorry, December 16th, 2021 at Montreal. I don't even remember Jackson Cates playing for the Flyers at all last year. Uh, six foot, 190 pound forward, spent the majority of the 2021 2022 campaign with the club's American Hockey League affiliate, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, where he recorded 10 points, two goals, and eight assists in 37 games, with both of his goals coming short handed. So that's interesting. You know, maybe he's a guy that can call up and you know, play some special teams for the for the Flyers uh, at some point if somebody gets hurt. And uh, I'm sure when somebody gets hurt over the course of the season, uh, you know, it's nice. Uh, Flyers had the Shen brothers a couple of years ago. And now they got the Cates brothers. And let's see what happens. Thoughts on the Jackson Cates signing, Jack, if any. If he plays um, more than 10 games or so, something's terribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, either that or he's a freak. Now you tell me which is more likely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's depth. He's got a brother on the team. I mean, that's always good, I guess. Um, not looking for, I think already 26 or 27 or something like that. I thought he was an older guy. Yeah. He is uh, a little older. Let me uh, get back um, in so, there. 
it's just depth. It's a, you know, it's, it's not much. I don't expect to see him too much unless we're ravaged by injuries again and nothing to get excited about. It's just more, we have so many of these kind of guys that it's just, I guess training camp could be interesting. Uh, but whoever there's just whoever rises to the top, I don't think is going to do a whole lot, but you know, th- that's the kind of season we're in for and hockey's funny like that. You know, like we, we are, we're all doom and gloom and I'm definitely riding the, you know, conductor of that train, but it is funny. Like I'm telling you, like teams, teams overperform when you don't expect them to, which would probably be a bad thing in our case because yeah, coach overperform, not going to be anywhere near the Bedard sweepstakes. Not that we're going to get them, but it'd be, nice to be in the running and then they you know they're just going to do enough to keep everybody around which yeah. is bad you know what i mean the long run is bad so you know he's another guy what can i say that's basically what it is you know yeah, he's another guy which is fine uh they need <laughs> they need guys i guess man i don't know like i was just so un- underwhelmed right like it's hard to even pretend hey jackson they, they could have they could have added this in right after they uh they signed um they made their off season signings back in July. Yeah. And it kind of the same effect as it has now. It's just, you know what I mean? Like I thought yeah, the guy would have been fine around the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it fits right in there. The name fits right in there, except for a, he's definitely an AHL guy who can get called up, but the other two will be in the NHL. But other than that, not much difference. So the other interesting part here is, I mean, they're not directly related here or anything, but Wade Allison still not signed. Are you surprised by that? I'm a little surprised by that. I uh, I don't know if they're unsure of what's going on with him or whatnot, but uh, I'm sure it'll happen. That maybe they just have certain people they um, want to get brought bring in first, or who knows how the negotiations are going. I think it'll get done. Uh, it's not like they have a whole lot else to do, but I don't know what the, I don't know what the cap looks like. I don't know uh, if they're going to run out because Allison's a guy who's going to they expect to be on the team. Where some of the other signings they were making could even Lazinski, who I'm sure will obviously uh, get to, but um, he might he's not guaranteed a, ro- a spot on the roster. Where I think they view Allison as a guy they want to be here the full season, so that's going to chip into their cap. So they have to be very careful as what they uh, moving the money around and then what they sign him to. Yeah, very good points. I hope they can. Uh, number one. I would love to see him put it all together, as I'm sure you would and everybody else listening would, because uh, he could he could be a, a nice little spark plug for this team. You know, a 15, 20 goal guy, uh, energy guy would fit well. You know, big body, plays physical. Um, you know, the other side is you want to you want him to stay healthy and you want him to to get signed. Uh, but if if you don't think he can stay healthy, then I can understand. You know, the hesitancy hesitancy to sign him. I'm going to delete that part. Uh, (laughs) I just feel like we can do whatever we want since we're pre-recording. I'm not going to delete any of this. I get roasted for how I pronounce things sometimes, particularly on the the guest you had earlier in your interview, particularly his when I swapped the two first letters of his first name. Oh, Lana Tuzinski? Yeah, so we're not cutting That was classic, though. That was like two years ago. Lanner Tuzinski. I think Area. I was saying his name for a while like that after. Lanner. I think I've Lanner already lumped a... him in with the Lannisters now that I named him Lanner. There you go. It's uh you know, I hope I hope he's six, man. <laughs> promo for the show coming out. What's the what's the new one? House of the Dragon. You you get into it's that? One of them. Yeah. There you go. I have to. I feel like I have to, you know? Yeah. You're not like uh 
you're not like turned off because of how bad that did you like the ending of game of thrones no i hated it i mean you could tell the writers uh ran out of source material because the books weren't done yet and you, uh, there's a big difference but uh yeah. yeah i hated it but the sh- but the show up until like after season five was so good that i'm just like and a lot of this prequel stuff George R. R. Martin wrote a lot of lore, so they have a lot of stuff to pull from. The okay. sequel with Jon Snow, I have no idea how that's going to go. Oh, so they're making two. They're making a prequel and the sequel. Allegedly. Definitely a prequel. That's already re- getting ready to go, but I heard Jon Snow's getting something, which uh, is and this fictional. So. Guy, and the sequel, the, the the writers are doing themselves. It's not it's not written yet in the book. Correct. Because uh, those books aren't even out yet. We, we don't know how it actually ends. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get back on topic. I would much rather talk about Game of Thrones, and I'm sure the listeners would rather listen. Got a little excited. I got a little excited. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's right. We gotta get back to the flyers. Oh yeah, those guys. Oh shit. Um. All right, but let's we'll try to keep it peppy and positive here. So the World Junior Classic just started a couple days ago, and the Flyers have a couple players in the tournament uh, who are you know playing pretty decently so far. Uh, first name at the top of the list is who, Jack? Uh, let's go with Tyson Forrester, huh? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people, I'll just get this out of the way, we're asking why is Cutter Gauthier not participating in these World Juniors, and that's because this is the postponed World Juniors from last year. That's why. So uh, Forrester would have been injured normally, so it's nice to see that he got a chance to play. Um, basically, I mean, he was peppering the, the goalie, Wait, so it was nice to see him get a bang-bang play goal like that, especially when his shot's supposed to be his main thing. Uh, he is a little rusty. But the skill is there, man. The skill is definitely there. And if there's anything to get excited about besides guys like Cutter who were just drafted, uh, who have that uh, high-end offensive skill potentially at the NHL level, this is the guy. So to see him uh, slam on home like that for uh, Team Canada was great. Yeah, slam at home he did. He, he looks, like you say, he's working out the kinks, but he looks looks confident. Uh, I, I think I mentioned on past shows at development camp, this, this guy is – he doesn't got any more baby fat. You could tell he's been in the weight room. He's been training. You know, I, I forget what his injury was. It was a shoulder, I think. Didn't stop him from from getting in tip-top shape. He, he's in camp with his man body. And uh, I think he's in for a big year. You know, I, I hate to – this is not me saying this based off of his play. You know, I haven't really watched much of the World Juniors. I didn't really get to watch him much in development camp. But when I saw this kid – uh, walk into the the press conference room. I, I don't remember if he was wearing a shirt or not. This kid looked like he's been working out, and I'm like, this kid's he's ready. Like he he's on a mission. You know, the baby fat's gone. He's not wide eyed. He's not you know what I mean, doe eyed. Like oh my god, I'm I'm you know trying to make a trying to make the Flyers roster. It's not it's not like that this year. This kid's got a he's on a mission. Uh, where I think I'm not saying he's going to crack the Flyers roster opening night. But only making the Phantoms, I think, would be a disappointment for him, which is a good thing. You know, you want them to be trying to make the top roster. Um, and, you know, he's going to need some time with the Phantoms. He, I think he played well with them a couple of years ago, didn't he, Jack? Oh, yeah. he They were doing some good things down there. And then just injury has just been killer for a couple of prospects, too. But definitely Forrester because he uh, was starting to come around. I think there were – I can't remember the two other guys on the line, but they had a good line going for a little bit down there before things fell off. They sure did. I just went back and looked up his stats. So in 2021, uh, that was the – the only reason he was playing in the AHL was because was of COVID and he wasn't back with his team uh, in, in Barry. 
He played 24 games with the Phantoms in 2021, scored 10 goals and had seven assists. So 17 points, 24 games as an 18-year-old, I believe. Yeah, as an 18, 19-year-old, which is pretty good, you know, and that that was baby fat, Tyson Forrester. Um, I'm interested to see how this season's going to go. I think he's going to have a massive, massive year. I'm telling you, this kid, he's going to be good this year. Uh, so great. like you mentioned, he's having a, a nice start to the – World Juniors for Canada. Next on our list here, uh, I'm going to steal this one. Emil Andre, who is captain of, I believe this is, let me just get it right. God forbid. Uh, let me go to teams. He's captain of Team Sweden, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, as a defenseman, he has three goals and two assists for five points in three games. Uh, have you had a chance to watch any of Emil Andre in the World Juniors this year, Jack? I know I haven't. Not a whole lot. I just saw his uh, his goal, uh, which was kind of a lucky bounce. But he had five shots. He ended up with two points in their last game against Team USA. Uh, they were Team USA was up three nothing, and they uh, staged a bit of a comeback. And Andre had a lot to do with that. Uh, not only is he the captain, but he's getting on the scoreboard as well. He actually leads all Flyers prospects um, in three games. He's got uh, well, you just said it is three goals and two assists, I believe which ranks ninth right now. He's tied with a lot of guys. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, for, for, uh, Forrester was next with only two points in three games, which wasn't even on the same page. So, yeah, he's definitely he's, – he's right up there with a lot of names. Um, Bedard, for one. <laughs> they have the same exact stats. You know, I mean, this, yeah, this I know it's a very small sample size, but still. This could be an interesting player because, yes, he was a second-round pick. I remember – when they took him, I think we uh, we were talking about him in the group chat. Uh, second round pick, 54th overall in 2020. Left-handed shot, 20 years old. Uh, last year for HV71, and I think it's Jankoping, but it's spelled John Koping. It's the Swedish one league. In 41 games, he had nine goals, 24 points. I'm sorry, 24 assists for 33 points, plus 19. You know, that I'm pretty sure that's the, the top – league in sweden where he's playing against grown men and that's his uh you know 19 20 year old so i'm not saying we should be excited for prospects i'm making it a point myself not to get excited for prospects i think it maybe it's i don't know jack is it unfair to get excited for prospects anymore like or am i just jaded like tell me i think <clears throat> i mean what's the whole point of potential and getting excited and liking the draft and you can't get excited about it now will it come to fruition that's a different story like it's funny i see a lot of these guys now and everybody's like oh i really like the draft pool that their flyers put together i like this player I like that player and it's so reminiscent of hextall's drafting that nobody realizes it it's like we were all saying the same about like all the same players like you know like doing and and thinking or or, uh, or imagining and doing are just two different things man and Obviously, you want to see them play their game and be successful at other levels before they even come up. And, you know, I drafted Andre in our our, uh, our keeper you. league. I got him. I got him stashed. Oh, you know, there you go. A, yeah, I mean, it was a late pick. Don't get me wrong. It might only have him for a year. But still, like, you know, he's a defenseman who can move the puck. Like, he's like, he was the, the replacement for Ghost originally, jokingly, when it was said, you know, smaller puck-moving defenseman. You know, he just happens to be a Swede, uh, which is fine with me. You know, so you want to see these guys play their game, 
produce, which is amazing. And he's doing it on a hell of a stage, and he's the captain. Like that, that's you know, it's not like he's the captain of like Belarus or something. Like it's it's Sweden, you know. Like so, I'll take that all day. I, I'm a fan. I like that his team didn't give up against Team USA, which has moved leaps and bounds in the last five to ten years compared to how they used to be. They're like right up there with Canada and whatnot for uh for just talent coming in for the young kids so for him to not give up and it's only one game but his stats are there man like what else can you ask for and he's playing against men he's a smaller guy playing against men he's only 19 years old and he he's doing well like i it's all you can ask for it's a little bit of a bright uh spot at the end of the tunnel i guess uh combined with a few other prospects for sure i think this is the point now where you know all the quote-unquote prospect guys are going to be watching Emil Andre and talking him up. <clears throat> and uh, I hope that they don't do him a disservice by raising Flyer fans' expectations for this kid. You know what I mean? Because that's that's what these kind of guys did with the last batch of Flyers prospects, right? Myself Everybody included. was going to be a star, play the kids, play the kids, rush them, bring them up. <laughs> and what, what do we got? You know, a bunch of 25, 26-year-olds, not great players. You're not wrong. And I was one of them. I just, I want to prove her off here immediately. I really did. I just hoped that like Hextall would have done something with the current roster. So he wasn't out there with the McDonald's and the whoever's and, you know, just slugging it. They just, now they got this uh, culture of losing and it being acceptable. I just hope with this next batch of prospects, that's not the thing. So keep them as far away from the current team as possible. Let them play for the fans, maybe. Let them play overseas. You know, let them straighten things out first. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get to our next guy here. Uh, we got two left. Yeah, do you want to take one, Jack? Uh, you know, I haven't. I'm actually looking for his stats, but my next one would be Denoye, who we, you know, what, fifth round pick? Uh, either fourth or fifth round pick in 2020, I believe. Okay. Um, also, oh, I hit USA by accident. Also, with Team Canada, but I believe he's in a fourth line role. Yep. So no, I don't see how if you're going to see too much there. Let me just pull up. Uh, I went on the Hockey DB here, if if that'll help you. It's got his uh, World Junior stats on there as well, which are there's not really much to speak of. <laughs> yeah, because he's not even coming up as a name here, like Denoye. Oh, there it is. All right, so let's see how's he doing. Three games played, no stats. But he's no, he's got zero for plus minus as well. So I guess he's not giving up any <laughs> he giving up why he's out there. Uh, not exactly the uh, role to flourish and to really follow him and flourish. I want to see him with the Phantoms. He's a guy I want to see consistently play with the Phantoms. And, you know, we obviously don't expect a whole lot. Those four and five goal outburst games were definitely a, uh, a, th- a sight to behold, but not exactly something we were expecting. So. Bring this one along slowly. When he makes it up here, he makes it up here. Maybe he's the next Lanner Tazinski. I did that on purpose. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Um, Hopefully so. Or someone of that nature. And then before you know it, you got a nice bottom six. Not quite the patchwork we have now, but like a real one, you know, or you're replenishing uh, pretty decent players with good players, which is the idea. Still got to work on the whole top end talent part. I feel like that's taking a back seat for some reason, but whatever reason, I like Denoye. He gets here when he gets here. All about it. I would agree. Yep. Just uh, for anyone who who didn't follow Denoye last year, in 61 games played, finished with 42 goals, 46 assists, and 88 points uh, for the Halifax Mooseheads, and then went on to record a goal and eight assists in five playoff games. So 
Yeah, pretty pretty good year for Denoye. I mean, good enough to make Team Canada for the World Juniors, even if it's the fourth line. You know, as a fifth round pick, that's that's pretty respectable to make the team. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. It's a nice feather in the cap to have just made the team and play. You know, like he's not just a reserve. Like he'll, he'll get out there and uh, yep. you know do his thing on the fourth line and whatnot. And that, you know, being drafted where he was drafted, that's great. Uh, I'll take that all day. I'm wondering, and I, and I'm not meaning to compare Denoye to. A Lawton or um, an Aubrey Kubel offensively, even though as I look up Scott Lawton's OHL stats, he was a 40-goal scorer. I'm wondering if Denoye can turn into that type of player, a Scott Lawton or uh, even an Aubrey Kubel to an extent. And people might, you know, people might still have a sour taste in their mouths about Aubrey Kubel and all the dumb penalties. But, uh, you know, physical player, Denoye is a little bit lighter. Uh, Albi Kubel is listed at 187 here, and maybe Albi Kubel is not even the right comparison. Um, maybe maybe he'll be more like that pocket knife type guy, you know, where he can maybe plays the wing up on a higher line, uh, but mainly a, a fourth line center type player for Denoyer. That's funny. He's, I get what you're going for when you say that, but the two players you named were a first and a second round draft pick, and this yeah, guy's a sure. So I mean, if he's anywhere near what you got out of those guys, it's a win. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. And he's he plays the game hard, and he doesn't seem to get himself hurt like Allison does. So he might have something there. And um, I don't expect a whole lot, but if he's like an eventual replacement for one of the guys you just named, particularly Lawton down the line or whatnot, or if he's just a plug-and-play kind of guy, uh, or if he's a bottom six guy that sticks in whatever way, becomes like a fan favorite or whatnot, who occasionally you know scores a goal or something like that, like I picture like a Carcillo minus the – being a complete piece of shit, you know what I mean? Like, fighting and all that. Like, that guy had some talent. Like, if you forget, Marcelo could score, and yeah, he did he it against us a lot. He did. Um, but, yeah, he was that kind of skillful player that was on the bottom six he kind of forgot about because he had a different role. So if he could surprise teams like that and add that bottom six scoring that helps, just overall just helps your lack of top-end talent, like, I'm sure we'd be all for that. So, yeah, there's it's – Again, he gets here when he gets here. He takes over whatever role he gets, and I think he's he'll be if he makes it, he'll be like uh, quickly a fan favorite, unless he goes the Vorobiev route and just oh, stops playing after a while and gets sent back down and gets all wan wan. And before you know it, he's completely out of the league. Did you hear what happened to Vorobiev? By the way, he got arrested, right? Yeah, he he could be going away for a long time. Unfortunately, it's such a shame. Oh yeah, uh, I'm, apparently I'm, I'm, I'm he. Yeah, I, I think he uh, forged isn't the right word. He had a, like a fake military ID is what they're saying. Okay. And I think they're. Well, I think Bill Meltzer actually actually tweeted this. They're, the whoever's prosecuting him, I don't know if, the, if it's the Russian government or a special type of prosecution or whatever. They're going to make an example out of him. So okay. not not just his playing career, which is a shame in in of itself. You know, and you have a guy that talented being put away for what he's being put away for, but his life could be over, which is a goddamn shame. You know, yeah, it is. It's a friggin' shame. As much you know, as I wasn't crazy for the guy while he was here and everything, you know, people just don't deserve that. So, just crazy news, man. Crazy world we're living in right now. But let's get to some more positive things here, <laughs> right? Like, let's not go down that track. Um, all right. So, fourth and final Flyers player in the World Junior Classic, Brian Zanetti. Uh, for for Team Switzerland, even though he's got the Italian last name, he's playing for the Swiss uh, through 
three games, has an assist, and he is a minus two for Brian Zanetti. Uh, a fourth-round pick in 2021, a left-handed shot defenseman, 19 years old, in 56 games last year for the Peterborough Peets. He had four goals and 22 assists, was a minus 12. So Brian Zanetti, um, you know, another later-round pick guy. Uh, 6'2", 183. He's kind of got the Travis Sanheim build going on. Uh, you know, that's fine. I haven't watched him play that much, but, you know, what are you going to do? Minus two in three games, not terrible, Jack. What do you got an assist. Does negative. have an assist. There you go. I'm looking at this roster. I do, and Not that I'm the biggest prospect guy when it comes to Team Switzerland, but I don't recognize one name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's that, it's that kind of team. Hey, everybody needs a, a lottery ticket, you know? Take a flyer on a guy, see what happens. Yeah. All right, so we won't harp too much more on Brian Zanetti. That, so that's the uh, the winner, the, what's it called? The, uh, not winner classic, World, World Junior. Junior recap for you guys. <clears throat> uh, now let's move on to a little bit more spicy news, if you will. Uh, there was a fan, apparently, at, so, so there was a charity tournament over at the Flyer Skate Zone. And at the Flyer Skate Zone, you know, fly, you know, Flyers fans go over. They dress up. They wear their Flyers jersey and whatnot. Uh, sometimes they, they, you know, start "Let's Go Flyers" chant. Sometimes they chant fly, "Fire Chuck Fletcher." There was a fan yesterday with the "Fire Chuck Fletcher" sign, and players like Danny Briere, Tony D'Angelo, Johnny Gaudreau all played in this tournament. And apparently, this fan found Johnny Gaudreau. And got him to sign his fire Chuck Fletcher sign. <laughs> How? What does that say to you, Jack? When you see that, uh, several things. One that everybody's just still as angry and confused with the Flyers front office, but also that Johnny Gaudreau was just as angered as confused. Like he, I think he expected when he didn't resign in Calgary, he, and I he probably I don't I don't know who he talked to or not because I feel like he, you wouldn't do something like that blind. Wouldn't just say no, no. I'm going to Philly. They'll sign me. Like you would have talked to somebody, yeah. you know, not just players and teammates or whatnot. Unless they completely misled him, or just they maybe they assumed that it's a no-brainer. Uh, only Fletcher and company didn't see it as a no-brainer. Uh, but uh, I think he was upset that he didn't get to come play for his hometown team. It made sense. There's a need. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, we need a foundation first. I'm like, all right, well then rebuild. What the hell are we doing? We got friggin'. Um, Tortorella here like so like pick it away like pick a pick a path yeah it's just it blows my mind like and I think he's is frustrated now he's in Columbus I appreciate him not going to the Devils but he's still in our division he wanted to come back east the team knew for two years he gave him like a big flashing sign that says I'm coming home make it happen and they just completely blew it we'll say and uh, I think I think he's just in a way He's just as frustrated as the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so this kid shows him the sign and he could have been like, no, no, no. Like there's no reason to, <laughs> there's no reason for me to sign that. What else you got? Do you like, I'll sign your Jersey or I'll sign your hat. You know, instead he signs the fire Chuck Fletcher sign, almost approving of the sign. Like, yeah, I should be playing for the flyers. If not for exactly. this guy. Exactly. Right. I mean, a hundred percent. Like, come on, man. Like how many of us have that dream? Like, man, I wish I could be good enough to play in the NHL and then play for the flyers. He, Oh, he was a, a, a ball hair away from making that happen. <laughs> like and Fletcher's just inability to, I don't want to say build a team because he did a lot of things that, you know, 
blew up in his face. Like Niskanen's not his fault. Ellis is a little bit his fault. I, I mean, you knew the guy was injury prone. Like when you make a deal with a team like that and a GM like uh, I think it's David Poli is his name. I mean, it might be mispronounced the last name. Guy's been around a long time. He trades you. You think you win a trade against him, and then you find out real quick, real quick that uh, he he knew what was going on. Ellis ain't playing this year, and then that completely handicaps you going forward. And then the, this aggressive, and then he can't even tell us the truth. You know, aggressive retool this blank check that high end talent, and then they they do what they do in the offseason. And Goudreau was never even in consideration. It's like get the f out of here, man! Like come on. Yeah. So I'm glad he signed it. I hope I know you know Fletcher saw it. Somebody got it to him. And he, by the time, like, I don't expect Fletcher to be here much longer unless the team overachieves for an extended period of time. But that will eventually fall off as well, and they'll hang their hat on that and, and just keep kicking the can down the road until we're in our 40s hoping for that rebuild. You know what's crazy, dude? Like, when you said until we're in our 40s, I'm like, eh, we got time. But <laughs> I'm 35. I'm 35. How old are you? 36? 35? Shut up, man. I'm 34. <laughs> 34. I'm 34. Shit, I'm older, so like 40 ain't that far off, man. Well, just think of it this way. So uh, when Hextall took over the team, I think it was 2014. Jesus. How old were you then? I don't know. What year were we in? 2022? I was eight. I was 27. Oh, yeah. my God. Dude. Well, I, I, was, I guess I was 25, 26. We had so the whole world in front of us. It's been a decade, and they've done a whole lot of nothing. And now we're in a horrible situation and we're looking at doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> so it's like, okay, that was the majority of my twenties. Uh, I only have roughly six years left of my thirties. So from the majority of my thirties is essentially all my thirties. Uh, now I'll be on the doorstep of 40, hoping and praying there's a plan in place, potentially a player. Cause a lot of things got to go right for this current squad to do anything. Here's and a question. When's the last time a lot of things, if anything, has gone right for this team and franchise? Do the Flyers win a cup by the time you turn 45? I was going to say die. And I was going to say I don't know. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Win a cup? I mean. Can they win it? So that's, that's roughly a 10, 11 years. Because even good teams don't win the cup. That's what people who like are against the, the rebuild, like really against it, don't understand. It's like, oh, it doesn't work. It's like, well, I, first off, there's no time limit on this stuff, okay? You just got to get good players and then see what happens. It's not like – it's just part A of an overall plan. It's not the whole plan. It's just a part of it, you know? Like, look at Ovechkin. The guy was drafted in what, 2005? Yeah. He won a cup in 2018. Like, or, or – yeah, 2018. So, like, I don't know, man. They could get one of the best players that ever – the guy's literally, like, going to pass Gretzky in goals, and they won one cup – uh, 13 years after they yeah. drafted him. Huh. So for me to think the Flyers are going to be anywhere near anything like that with their inadequacy, uh, putting together a team and, a, and making good trades and identifying talent and developing that talent, I think if, to say I think they would in the next 10 or so years, I'm an asshole if I say that. I, I know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, like why would I – Why? What? what evidence – would I have to prove that theory that they can make that happen in a cap era? It's depressing, isn't it? Like you, I've been depressed for a very long time. Like for the last, I don't know, maybe two, three years. Do you remember? Damn, doesn't this seem like so long ago now? Remember when I was like, they're gonna, they're going to the cup. Like they're, they're gonna win the Metro. They're gonna go to the cup. Do you remember how like 
how good those days were. And they weren't even that good. And they weren't even that long either. It was a <laughs> no, uh, it was a nine-game winning streak. <laughs> they're winning life. the cup. Steady incline. Yeah. They're, they're going for it. it was, yeah, oh it my was, god, uh, dude. And now it's like I can't you can't even say with a straight face, like there's a shred of hope that they could win a cup in the next ten years. Next ten, not even in five, next ten years, next decade. Like what what I don't mean to take this down, but you're right. Like what there is no evidence anywhere that says that they're gonna turn this around anytime soon. They'd right? have to bring in a star GM, and if you think that could be a guy like Danny B, then again, there's no evidence, but it's still possible. Yeah. Uh, they'd have they'd have to revamp the entire front office, have one person with a plan enacting that plan and everybody who's working with him be on board with that plan. Uh, we have issues with the uh, training staff and we have issues with the health, uh, the, the injuries, like every, the guys get injured, they come back, they get, go right back out again. Like, you know, everything develop player development's a joke. Like I don't see, I, we don't know how bad the drafting is yet or if it's good or bad or not. And even if it is good, if they can't develop the guy, how, how you judge that? So it's like, there's, they, they don't just miss on a few things. They've been missing across the board. Like you don't have expectations like we did and finish as bad as we did. And it's just injuries. Yeah. It's huge part, but a lot of teams dealt with injuries. A lot of teams lost a lot of men to many games. And I know this one was, Terrible, but nobody ever talks about the previous season, you know, the the, the COVID season. Uh, we had some injuries, but it wasn't as bad as last year. But that team was a dumpster fire two years ago as well. Like they were, they, one defenseman retiring should not completely disrupt your entire roster. Like they went from a team knocking on the door, they were the hottest team in the NHL. They got shut down by the Islanders in Game Seven, who in their own right were very good, to draft in top ten. And then the year after, top five. It's not just injuries. Two years in a row? Give me a break. I ain't falling for that. This team is fundamentally flawed, and all they've done is lose any talent they've had. And they replaced it with what? Who did they replace Drew with? Those points. Where are those points coming from? Yeah. And I think that's a good, a valid question to have because nobody's asking that question, Jack. I don't know. I, I don't know where they're going to come from. You know, uh, I don't know. And Couturier's coming off a broken back. Like, <laughs> Huh? That's your, that's, that's, two, that's two thirds of your top line while the team was bad, you know? And, and uh, yeah, people, he's not exactly like the greatest, you know, goal scoring point producing player. He's known for his two way play. Sure. He's had a couple of seasons where he's hit 30 goals, some points were there, but he's not Johnny Gaudreauing it with over a hundred points. Only player we ever had to do that was Drew, you know? And obviously if we brought him back, I don't even think he does that because he's just older. Yeah. And they didn't give him much to play with. But, you know, now there's nothing at all. <laughs> so, okay. Have fun, I guess. Yep. Well, why don't we get to – so we we did have a guest for the episode. We're about 35 minutes into this one here. Uh, the interview lasted about 15 minutes. So we'll, we'll talk him up a bit here. We had Tanner Lezinski on. Uh, last, we had him on last Monday or – no, it was Thursday. Uh, pre-recorded show. Uh, cool guy. Just a little little background info on Tanner Lazinski for anyone who doesn't know who he is. Former sixth-round pick by the Philadelphia Flyers. 169th overall. Nice. In 2016 NHL entry draft. Man, that is a long time ago. 
He played for Ohio State for four years in college. Uh, he was the leading scorer two of the two of the three or two of the four years he was there. Uh, played five games with the Flyers in 2021. I'm sorry, 2020, 2021. Was with the Phantoms for a portion of that same season, where he scored six goals, four assists, in 14 games. Uh, he got hurt three times, so he had labrum surgery on both of his hips the last two seasons. Very, very unfortunate injuries. Uh, Bobby Brink suffered the same injury ahead of this season. Uh, Lazinski was able to make a somewhat surprising return towards the end of this season uh, where he ended up getting in 28 games with the with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, where he scored seven goals and had 10 assists for 17 points. And he was able to sneak in a game with the Flyers towards the end of the year. So uh, a very resilient person and player to come back from the injuries that he has, uh, you know, and still choose to follow his dream uh, at now 25 years old. He'll be 25 years old going into next season. Uh, he's listed as center on Hockey DB. Jack, any thoughts on Lanner Tuzinski? I, I certainly hope that the Lannister can stay uh, can stay healthy, man, because uh, he seems to be in that. Maybe not as bad, but that way to Allison mold a little bit. Maybe it's unlucky. I can't say, but it's definitely a concern. The man just turned 25 years old. He's a six-round pick, so you feel like you're playing with house money when a guy drafted that late. You know, 2016, that's the same draft that I think Carter Hart was drafted. And yeah, it was. Um, you know, but if he makes the NHL, and remember, it was either last year or the year before, he was a dark horse to be this team, maybe both years, uh, fourth line center with uh, Lawton either moving a wing or moving up in the lineup. And if he was as good as we thought he was going to be, at least starting and then go from there, it was a good, big plus. We like his game. And he's very similar to the style of player that that we like. He just has to stay healthy. And this is another chance at it. If he gets hurt again, yikes. I mean, he yeah. did sign a two-year – he'll be around, you know, but it is a two-way deal. I would. He, I don't know how much of a dark horse he is now with all the bottom six signings that players have been added – but um, it'd be nice to see him rise to be a guy that is, you know, pushing somebody for a spot. You know, remind us all why we all kind of wanted him to be that guy. Um, and I, I hope he makes it. I like to see draft picks come up and uh, especially his resiliency. You see a guy battle through so much injury. You want to see him get a chance to play and really play and stick and then see what he's made of. And that's all I can hope for. This is the perfect season for that. There's no expectations at all. So I, I really hope he just stays healthy and, you know, Makes us, uh, we hear his name in a positive light. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's a good point. It is the perfect season for him to, you know, get some playing time, kind of showcase what he's got, if he could stick around. Um, you know, you hate to say it, but sixth round pick, you know, maybe the the hopes aren't as high. But, I mean, uh, you know, we've been hearing, a, I don't want to say we've been hearing a lot. You know, if, if, if you go back a couple years pre-injury, in some prospect circles, and I'm thinking like sites like Dauber Prospects, some prospect guys figured Lazinski for a potential diamond in the rough pick. You know, a player who could turn out to be a, a pretty decent NHL, you know, third, fourth line guy that's being overlooked by a lot of prospect people and uh, should have been playing for the Flyers two years ago when he was 23. Unfortunately, things happen. And two years later, we're hoping we could still see him on the roster. You know, it's very, very unfortunate. But he's a character guy now. You know, he's he's been through a lot uh, mentally, physically, and uh, maybe maybe it's helped him grow even more. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, 
But yeah, I was excited to talk to Lazinski. Uh, I could only uh, talk during the day, pre-recorded. So unfortunately, you guys could only hear me uh, during that interview because Jack works, unlike some people in this podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, hope you guys enjoy that. Jack, if there, are there any other topics that we wanted to get to before we uh, wrap up? We're about 40 minutes in here. You know, I can't think of anything. I'm uh, glad we uh, made it all the way to the end here because, uh, like you said, we're in the dead of summer. I mean, we're getting close, though. We're getting close. I just – be honest, Jim. Are, is there, can you think of a season that you were least excited about in your entire career watching the Flyers? Like, no. ever, ever. Unless, unless you're gung-ho and I don't know it. No, I feel like uh, when I think about looking forward to the season, I want to throw up. I'm just, we got to go through a year of it. Like it's, and it's going to be the, you know how last year felt like the longest season ever. This is going to be the longest fucking season ever. Ah, sorry. I cursed. I can, well, I can delete that out because it's pre-recorded. If you want to. Yeah. This is going to be, this is going to be bad. It's not going to be, well, I guess Tortorella and the fact that we're going to be actually able to go to the home games, which, you know, that'll make it a little bit easier to swallow. Uh, But the games on TV, I think are just going to be brutal. Uh, I, I just feel sick when I think about it. How about you? So my question was going to be, what month are we looking forward to the end of the season? November. So last year, it was uh, – would we'll round up. We'll say December, right around the time that uh, Vigneault was fired and Yells takes over. So you know it's a, it's done. Yeah. You know Ellis isn't coming back. So you know it's over. Like So I'd say early December was last year. Do we uh, think it's over in November? mid-November or definitely after uh, last year's December, early December timeline. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to come quick and which is a shame, but uh, you know, unfortunately that's where we are. Uh, so why don't we get to the interview and probably the reason most of you are listening for Tanner Lazinski and uh, we'll get to that now. So for Jack, I'm Jim. We're going to sign off here. Hope you guys enjoy the interview and we'll be back next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by Philadelphia Flyers forward Tanner Lazinski. Tanner, welcome to the show, my friend. How's it going? Good. How are yourself? How are you doing? Doing very good, man. Excited to have you on the show. Uh, been a, we've been big fans of yours for the for the past couple of years. Been rooting for you. Uh, and so so let's get to some uh, some topics right off the bat here. Let's not waste any time. Uh, Tanner, first and foremost, I think some congratulations are in order, not just on your recent two-year deal, uh, but also for the way you've persevered through quite a bit of adversity these last couple seasons. Uh, can you kind of talk about what it takes to come back from the sort of injuries you've had to, to deal with now and how you're able to find yourself in the position you're in now? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, uh, you know, it's been a long road. Uh, definitely been a, you know, tough, tough two years uh, to start my pro career. Um, you know, it's not uh, what I anticipated, but, you know, it's like I said, it's been, it's been a tough two years. Um, just, you know, going through rehab, uh, as soon as I got down in Philly, getting surgery, going to rehab, and then basically, you know, being able to get called up, play with the Flyers for a couple games, and then just like that, uh, having to get another surgery, and then, you know, going through the whole process of rehab again and, you know, being ready. And then as soon as camps hits, uh, you know, obviously the other hip goes and having to get surgery and do rehab, basically doing the same thing I just had done the uh, summer before. Um, yeah, it definitely takes uh, a toll, um, you know, on your physical and, um, you know, the mental part of it. But, 
um, you know, I think it's just uh, taught me to not take anything for granted and, you know, play every game like it's my last and kind of, uh, you know, go forward from there and just kind of, you know, do what I can. So Outstanding. So I, a couple questions with that. Obviously, you get hurt like that once. It's a new experience for you, right? You figure, okay, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to get back and I'm going to be playing. Happens two and three times. What kind of toll does that take mentally? I mean, we're all human, right? It's It's got to be a little bit, uh, I mean, it's it's devastating. It would devastate me. I mean, what was it like for you? Like, oh my God, here we go again. Uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's a little different. Like you said, I mean, the first time, you know, it, you know, you, something you, you know, you heard other guys go through and, you, you know, you go through it yourself and, um, you know, it sucks at the time and, you know, you get through it. Um, but to do it on three different occasions, um, pretty, you know, pretty lengthy uh, recoveries and surgeries. Um, I think, like you said, I mean, the mental aspect is just, you know, I think uh, it's just the little victories along the way, whether it's, you know, after surgery, you know, just getting a walk in and then, you know, you start walking and then, you know, whether it be um, just little stuff, uh, you know, up in the weights um, in rehab or, um, you know, being able to finally touch the ice or finally be able to shoot a puck, just stuff like that, I think, uh, kind of kept me sane and kind of kept me going. Um, and then obviously when you get closer to being able to play, um, that's when, you know, that's when it's kind of, uh, you know, the victories in sight, you know, you can kind of see the uh, light at the end of the tunnel. So outstanding. Uh, so did you learn anything about yourself through, through that process? Cause I, I have to imagine, you know, you have to look in the mirror quite a bit going through some of this stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely some, uh, you know, some good days, some bad days, um, everything in between, but, um, I think just, you know, for me trying to stay positive throughout the whole thing, um, and not kind of, let it affect how I, you know, I am around, uh, you know, my teammates and other people um, and try to, like I said, just try to stay positive about the entire thing and, um, you know, try to find some good things that came out of it and, um, and try not to look at all the bad. So outstanding dude, great mindset. And you set yourself up by, by thinking that way, by having that mindset, because you're right back in the mix, you know, this coming season, I think most of us are expecting to see you on, on the roster come opening night. So congratulations for, for that, man. Uh, huge, you. I mean, you should be proud of yourself, huge accomplishments. Um, so let me kind of scroll down my question list here. Uh, one of the surgeries I think was a torn labrum, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay, um, and I believe that's the same injury Bobby Brink most recently suffered. Have you guys been able to talk at all about that? Uh, has he asked you any questions or anything? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't talked to him recently about that. Um, okay. I mean, I think. I mean, I haven't seen him around. Um, you know, the rink or anything. I think he's kind of been um, just. I think. I think he's been doing his own thing. Obviously, yeah, sure. just you know. Um, but uh, I'm sure I'll see him here uh, pretty soon, and then, um, yeah, you know. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if he has any questions or, you know, I was just talking to, um, you know, some guys about it. And, I mean, obviously every every injury is different for every every guy. And, um, you know, you know, your body, every, every body is different. So it's going to react differently. Um, so I think uh, that's something, you know, he's dealing with right now. And I'm sure if he has any questions, he'll ask me about it. So good stuff. Good stuff, man. I just I was just curious. Um, 
And, and last, this is probably the last not fun question here, and then we'll get into the fun stuff. Does it ever go through your mind to, I mean, do you trust your, your body? Cause I've gone through something similar with, with my own. And I remember going through a period where I was like, man, if I do this, is this going to happen again? Or does that kind of go away over time? And once you play it all just kind of goes away. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, especially, uh, I think last year, just, um, just getting back into it. Um, uh, basically, like I said, having to do rehab and then basically jumping right into, you know, playing 15 games in 30 days, um, you know, like a couple weeks after I started playing again. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, you definitely don't feel the same. Um, but I think at the same time, you have so much adrenaline going through your body and you're just basically just excited to be playing again. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of just a thought that's in the back of your head, but it's not really there when you're actually playing the game. So. That's good, man. That's good to hear. Good stuff. Um, all right. So you battled back from injury again last season, but you had a pretty successful year with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms scoring 17 points in 28 games. Can you talk about your season in Lehigh a little bit and what it was like playing for head coach Ian LaPerriere? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, I thought it was a good season. Uh, I thought, you know, I had, you know, a decent amount of ups and downs throughout it. Um, I think that was to be expected, just like I said, just coming back and, you know, not having the strength I'd usually have having a good off season. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, the base of my game was still there and I felt pretty confident, in, you know, making plays and doing other things. So I think that was a big thing for me. And um, as far as, you know, uh, Coach Lapierre, I think he was kind of a big help for me, um, you know, just understanding that, uh, you know, I'm not going to jump right in and, you know, be able to play, you know, you know, as many minutes as I can. But at the same time, uh, you know, he was kind of playing me as much as possible and trying to get my energy level and my level back to where it was before all the surgeries. So I think, you know, that was a good thing for me, just being able to, you know, still be on the power play and penalty kill and all like the final minutes of the games and stuff and overtimes. I think that was a big help and boosting my confidence and, uh, kind of just getting back to playing my game. So outstanding. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit more about Coach LaPerriere because I think for some fans, he, for whatever reason, got a bit of a, um, I don't want to say a bad rap, uh, but the team started out slow in Lehigh this year and you guys got better as the season went on. Uh, what can you attribute that to? Did, did uh, Coach LaPerriere have anything to do with that or, or what can you attribute, you know, the way your guys' season went to? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, for him, it was kind of a tough hand to be dealt. I mean, basically a season with, uh, you know, a ton of injuries, mm -hmm. um, you know, down there and up there. So I think, you know, guys getting called up, uh, you know, back and forth and then guys down there being injured, you know, missing games at a time. Um, you know, I think there's only a handful of games where there was an entire lineup. Um, so I think, you know, for him, um, he, I mean, he stayed – you know, positive throughout it all. And, um, you know, he's a great coach and an even better person. Um, and he, you know, he understands, you know, the way the game should be played um, in his systems. Uh, so I think it just took a little bit of time for, you know, guys to buy in to the systems just because there are so many different guys throughout the lineup, you know, in a certain week or month or a certain period of time um, that it, you know, might've taken a little bit of time just because, um, yeah. you hadn't had that, you know, set amount of bodies, 
um, consistent lineup. So, for sure, uh, and it's it's not even really an excuse. I mean, you need to build chemistry. You, you need to be playing the same guys, you know, in practice and games. Um, so, now I'm not sure fans really consider that sometimes. Uh, you know, you, and you're flexing guys in and out of the lineup, different guys every other night. It can be difficult, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we had you know defensemen playing forward, um, you know, on certain given nights. So, mm. you know, it was just uh, you know last minute call ups or you know. So, like I said, it was just uh, it's definitely a. Uh, I mean, for him, you know, first year head coach, uh, it's definitely a tough position to be put in. But I think he did a you know terrific job with the hand he was dealt. So, yeah, for sure, I would agree with you. Um, all right, so let's get to some some facts that. You know, I'm sure a lot of fans know, but for the ones who don't, let's make sure they do. Tanner, you won a gold medal for, for the United States team in 2017 in the World Juniors. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience representing your country and ultimately winning the gold medal? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, something that I'll never forget. Um, that's something that uh, I'll be able to cherish forever. And um, I think that was uh, an experience for me that I was fortunate enough to be a part of. Um, you know, uh, you look at the roster and, uh, you know, the guys we had on that team. Um, I think even before that, not many people would have uh, plugged me into that roster. Um, but I think uh, I was just able to outwork and outcompete some guys, some, you know, highly touted and high, highly talented players. Um, and, you know, I obviously, uh, you know, played, you know, third, fourth line role there and was able to uh, adapt and you know, play a different role than I was used to. Um, so I think that kind of showed, uh, you know, the, uh, the different uh, tools I have in my toolbox and the ability I have to uh, kind of play up and down the lineup. That's awesome stuff, man. And, and it's interesting, you know, at that age that you could sort of adjust that way, you know, to, to realize, okay, I'm playing third, fourth line. I got to play differently. You know, there's guys – you know, ahead of me who, who might, who might be doing what I'm used to doing. Uh, but, but at that age, you recognized, all right, I, this is how I got to play. Do you think that carried over with you, um, you know, into college and, and into your career now, that sort of experience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, I would think I was uh, fortunate enough to go through that experience at, you know, a younger age and be able to uh, kind of, like I said, just be able to accept, you know, that role on, you know, a very skilled team. Um, and I think, like I said, uh, it definitely does carry over, um, you know, especially I think more so at the pro level, um, because obviously everyone at the pro level, as you get higher and higher, you know, it's everyone's skilled, everyone's, you know, got talent. There's, you know, superstar talent, high end talent. Um, and, you know, there's not enough room in a roster um, for everyone to be a goal scorer, for everyone to, you know, be on the power play, um, you know, certain guys have to be on the penalty kill, um, you know, play fourth line, um, you know, be good two-way centers, you know, be able to defend, you know, put put pucks in deep, wear the defense out throughout the game. So um, I think that, yeah, um, you know, throughout from there, uh, throughout my career and stuff, I think it'll help me. Um, like I said, I think that's just something that for me personally, you know, I've, I accepted at a young age to be able to do that um, kind of would help me further in the game. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's maturity right there, man. When you can, when you can figure that out and recognize that at such a young age, I mean, it's only going to benefit you going forward. And and obviously it did because uh, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Uh, so 
let's talk about college a little bit. For those who may not know, you led your Ohio State team in scoring for two out of the three years you were there, and, and you were the first team uh, all Big Ten in 2018. Uh, talk about that experience in college a little bit. What was that experience like for you? And, you know, because uh, you said you had to change your game with the World Junior team. You were the opposite for your college team, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, I was definitely uh, leaned on more in college, um, you know, to produce and, um, you know, like I said, be on the power play and be able to put my team in, you know, winning situations. Um, so, yeah, I mean, college was definitely, uh, you know, you know, some of the best years I'll ever have, um, you know, some of the best friends I ever will have came out of college. And, um, you know, those are memories I'll never forget. Um, but as far as hockey goes, I mean, that's, you know, the, the guys you have in the locker room are, like I said, you know, your best friends and, you basically just go to war with them um, every day, um, whether it be practice and in games. Um, and I think that's kind of where my work ethic started, um, you know, from juniors to college was, um, you know, I was obviously really, really good buddies with these guys off the ice. And but on the ice, you know, a lot of guys might have thought I was uh, a little bit of a prick or, you know, but uh, I think it uh, I think it made our team better, and made myself better along the way. So. Outstanding, Dean. Outstanding stuff. Um, so who are you close with on on the teams now, whether it be the Phantoms, Flyers? Who, who are your buddies? Uh, I got a decent amount of buddies. Uh, probably a guy I'm tight with is uh, Wade Allison. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've just, you know, it's been uh, kind of similar experiences. Uh, you know, we've spent uh, a lot of time together, um, you know, doing rehab and all that stuff. And um, you know, just being able to talk to someone who's been through similar situations and um, it's kind of kind of helpful along the way because you're both dealing with it. You both have, you know, the same uh, mental, uh, you know, stuff to get through. So, um, yeah, he's uh, like I said, you know, he's been, you know, we've been good buddies throughout, uh, you know, a couple of years we've been here and, you know, in camps and stuff. So. That's, I would say that's a, a good choice for you to have there. I was actually able to bump him to, into him a couple times up in the uh, press box this year. Yeah. And uh, never never asked him specifically about injuries. Always kind of, hey, how you doing, Wade? And and he would talk to you. He seems kind of like a happy-go-lucky guy, you know? He, he yeah, knew, exactly. Like, he knew his situation wasn't ideal for him. He, you know, nobody wants to be injured, but he, he could still crack jokes about it. He was still lighthearted, uh, which uh, I admired, to be honest with you. So, you know, a good choice for you uh, to be around a, a guy like that. And it says a lot about you as well. So good, good stuff. Um, I asked before the show what number you're going to go with next uh, next season. You said you were going to stick with 58. Is there any significance to the number 58 for you? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's the one that they gave me uh, when I first had my development camp. Uh, about, it seems like 10 years ago, but uh, six years ago. Um, so yeah, just going to stick with that one. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a big guy and, you know, keeping numbers or any of that. I just, just want to play and, uh, you know, just do whatever I can to, uh, you know, make the roster. So I can dig that. I always wondered, you know, like once you get to that level, does it even matter what number you're wearing? Right. As long as you're putting on that crest, as long as you're putting on the Jersey, who cares? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. For sure. Um, all right, so we're coming to the end here. I guess my last question for you would be, what sort of player can Flyers fans expect to be watching uh, of Tanner Lazinski next season? Uh, yeah, I'm solid two-way uh, centerman. 
um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I can basically um, do whatever's asked of me, uh, play PK, um, you know, block shots, kill off penalties, um, chip pucks in, uh, lay the body. Uh, but uh, I also feel like uh, I have a skill set that uh, they might have, may have not seen yet, uh, you know, as far as making plays and being able to score in tight areas. And, um, you know, I feel like uh, my shot is a big, I feel like I have a big, heavy shot. So I feel like I haven't, you know, shown as much as I have or I could have um, in the past two years. So I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Tanner, I got to tell you, so am I. Uh, you're, you're a player I've kind of watched, you know, for the, these last couple of years. Was, uh, I was hoping – I'm sure as long with yourself, nobody more than yourself wanted to be on the Flyers a couple of years ago. Uh, but, you know, the the past two, three seasons, it's like, all right, Tanner's going to be up this year. Tanner's going to be up this year. And unfortunately uh, for you and, and for all of us, you know, you ran into some injury troubles. But, dude, this is going to be your year. You mentioned before the show uh, you just got married. Congratulations once again. Thank this you. year you're going to be on the Flyers roster 100%. This is your year, Tanner. I'm feeling yeah. it. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I appreciate it. 2022-2023, Tanner Lazinski's year. Uh, hey, and you were on HW, so how about that, right? Can't get any better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, dude, thanks for taking the time to hang out, brother. Yep, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll talk at some point again during the season. And, uh, yeah, I hope the rest of your summer is well. And we'll see you uh, in camp, I think, in uh, when? September, right? Yep, September 21st. All right, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you as well.